Hello, Generation Church family, friends, our community here in South County and all over Rhode Island, New England, and, and maybe some people listening uh, from around the world. So I want to encourage you to lean in, raise your expectation for how you are going to hear from God, hear from His Word through the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, we can't wait to connect with you more in person and online in the coming days. We love you so much, church. The best days are ahead. You guys can sing this morning. Come on, give yourself a hand for singing and praising. Come on. And we're so glad that you're here. And uh, let's continue our worship. If you want to uh, give and partner with us in, in all that, that we are uh, doing here uh, to seek first the kingdom of God, you guys can give online. Um, you can um, give by way of uh, text. We have our next Love Summer uh, event that's happening July 6th, Wednesday, where we feed about 15 guys who um, are on their path to recovery, uh, Galilee Mission in Narragansett. So um, we'll be cooking a big meal for them and have some people serving them. And I uh, want to encourage you to don't wait for your pastor or your community group leader or other people that if God has put something in your heart, uh, I don't care what it is, whether it's something, whether it's um, feeding those who need food, whether it's um, cleaning up the environment, whether it's, uh, I don't know, going to the nursery, uh, the nursing home. Um, we definitely need people going to the nursery. If anybody wants to do that. Um, but the nursing home, I mean, just, can I just encourage you? You know, that's, this whole summer is about serving South County. That's why we called it Love Summer, right? I'm a big believer that we enjoy the good gifts of God, uh, rest, relaxation, uh, whatever it may be, in beautiful South County, uh, one of my favorite places in the whole world, I believe we can enjoy the gifts of God and the blessings of God when we seek first the kingdom of God. You guys believe that? Okay, I believe it. I know you believe it. So I want to encourage you um, and just thank you, everybody who partners with us financially and gives. Uh, we also have Join uh, the Mission um, that is going to be next Sunday after um, church service downstairs. Um, you can sign up. You just go to generationri.com. You'll see a big join the mission. Click the button, sign up so we know how to feed you. Yes, that's right. Even if you don't want to join the mission, you say generation is not your church. Can I tell you this? You'll learn about Team Jesus here and you'll get free food. Amen? Come on, one person's like, hey. <laughs> so you don't even have to join the church. Join the mission, but we want to feed you. So come on downstairs. And uh, during that time, what we'll do is uh, really see if you've been baptized as an adult, as a follower of Jesus. We're going to do, we do baptisms at the end of the year. Um, we do it Labor Day weekend on Narragansett Beach. We are going to baptize uh, people. And um, as we just believe in our prayer every summer is sovereign Lord. Would you pray this with me? Say sovereign Lord, bring more waves of revival. That's what we're believing for every single summer. And um, we would love to see you join the mission. And by joining the mission, learning the specific DNA of Generation Church, why we gather on Monday, Tuesday, throughout the week in community groups, that's a value for us. Not just small group with crackers and cheese, reading your favorite Bible study author, which is cool but church family where we eat together and we learn to live out the word of God and God's love mission, amen? amen. We value prayer every Thursday night here, seven to eight, place of presence. We value prayer. We value prayer. That's something that's very important to us. Serving, we value. I, I was so encouraged this morning. There were some people, some guys who were serving who weren't even Christians or serving in the local church who are bringing their boys to serve today. Amen? It's not just two or three hours. It's your kids seeing what is of greatest importance. And there's nothing greater than the kingdom of God. So uh, next week, join the mission right after service. All right, you guys ready to receive from the word of God today? All right, so I'm excited to share 
uh, we are going through a series called It's Not Too Late. Would you say that with me? Say, it's not too late. We believe that it's not too late for God to restore you, restore relationships, restore South County, Rhode Island. That's the whole vision of the Acts Holy Spirit Church. We're going through the book of Acts and uh, we're pretty much going verse by verse, section by section. And this is part three. Can you say part three? Can you say, I'm tired of you having me repeat stuff? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, I love it. There's always one. I'm learning to grow in compassion because I used to be that guy. I was a church kid, you know, and, and uh, I had a problem with uh, judging people and judging church people and then saying, why do church people judge people? But that's probably just me. But uh, no, we're, we're really excited to do part three today. And uh, we're going to look at Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. Um, so let us um, stand one more time at the reading of God's word. Um, we love uh, our um, Catholic, Episcopal, Lutheran, whatever else. We love them all. Um, just please keep preaching Jesus and his kingdom alone. Um, but we don't have you stand and kneel and all that. Could we do that? Hey, when we get our own building, do you guys want like the knee pads where you go down? One, and I know that, that, that voice. He's got to join the mission first. Here we go. How about you guys? Knee pads? Should we do that? Is that a good? Okay. All right. Let's stay focused. Here we go. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. You hear it? Did you guys really just do the wind thing? That is nice. That's just cars. Come on, we just say, drive slow. Drive slow. Anyway, sorry. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound. Can you say a sound? A sound. Like a mighty rushing wind. So it wasn't mighty rushing. It was a sound like mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them, and they rested on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse 5, now they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men of every nation under heaven, and at the sound of the multitude came together. Can you say together? together. So we see all, we see one together. And they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Verse 9, Parthians and Medes and Elmites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, and all the great names that I get to do on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues. Can you say own? Our own tongues, the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocking said this, they are filled with new wine. Can you say new wine? New wine. New wine. This is the word of God. Grab your seats. Thanks be to the Lord. Am I good? You guys hear me? It's all good. Well, the message that I want to give today is called the Jesus Wine. The Jesus wine. What would be the label for the Jesus wine? What do you think? It certainly wouldn't be a white, blue-eyed, long hair. <laughs> Dude, what, what would be the label? I want to talk today about the Jesus wine, the, the new wine of the kingdom of God. But let's first remember what the book of Acts is all about, written by, um, inspired by the Holy Spirit, but recorded uh, giving the story of the early church by, by Dr. Luke. And here it is. 
The book of Acts, this is from uh, Scott, Mc, Scott McKnight, who's my college professor. The book of Acts is about the mission of Jesus in the world from Jerusalem to Rome. The great day of Pentecost, gift of the Spirit, empowers the church to carry out that mission. To carry out that mission. Pentecost is about God's gift to us to empower us to be the church and to live out his great love mission here and now. Here and now. Really simple today, what I want to just share and to, to encourage. Acts 1.8 says that we are his witnesses empowered by the Holy Spirit to go to the whole world to tell people about Jesus. You and I need the Jesus wine, which is what? The full empowering baptism filling of the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses. In the beginning of Acts chapter one, we see this starting in verse four. And while staying with them, he ordered them to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. To wait for the promise of the Father. Did you know that God is not an it? He's not a mere energy? Or just a, 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 this like huge, big, omnipresent being? No, no. God is one as three persons, the Trinity. God, our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So it says here that God is going to send the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. God is good. It's actually how God gave the name Generation Church, Psalm 100, verse 5. God is good. His unfailing love endures forever and his faithfulness continues to all generations. Pentecost, what that means is this. 50 days after Passover, the Jewish people celebrated the Feast of Weeks. It was the first fruits of the harvest. It's literally what Pentecost means. 50 days after Passover. For us as Christians who find our roots in the story of Israel, this was good news that God was faithful to fulfill his promise to Israel first and then to you and I, Gentiles, to all people groups of the world. The Feast of Weeks would be the time where they would gather for the, for the, first, for the first fruits of the harvest that was to come. I love that they were all gathering. Do you see this? So at this time in Acts 2, they already had gathered together in prayer in the upper room. Jesus is the rightful king and the Messiah of the world. He's at the right hand of the Father now. Why the Trinity matters and the character of God matters is because if we're gonna understand anything about restoration, about redemption, about relationships, anything within us when it comes to the desire that we have for relationships and community comes from and finds its ultimate meaning and understanding in God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Do you know that what you ultimately need in any church, as the church, do you know what you need? Is God. You know that? You need more of Jesus. And so the Father sends Jesus. Jesus tells his disciples who didn't understand that he had to die on a cross for our sins, for the forgiveness of everyone. For he so loves the world that whoever believes in him will not perish but have life everlasting. And that he what? Rose on the third day, resurrected, and then eyewitnesses, apostles, people, disciples were around Jesus and he's teaching them 
about the kingdom of God. They were expecting end times, but they didn't understand that they were a huge part, although it was fulfilling of what, what? God had already said to the great patriarch, father of the Israel and ultimately our tradition, which is what? Father Abraham, that God blesses Abraham so that through him, what? The whole world would be blessed. They didn't realize that, guess what? You and I are a part of what? Going to the whole world to say, it's not too late. If you felt cursed, if you've lived in death, if you've experienced death, if you've not received restoration or redemption, guess what? It is not too late, not only for you, but for your family. And he's saying, it's good news, my kingdom, that you are to rule and you are to reign on earth as it is in heaven, to walk in authority, to walk in victory, to walk in freedom. But guess what? I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send you a helper. Anybody need a helper? I'm going to send you a helper to empower you, to fill you, to give you the new wine of the kingdom. And praise be to God, with this wine, you don't get a hangover. You didn't catch that. It really matters that we take a moment to remember the Israel tradition, the Feast of Weeks. They were gathering together in prayer in the upper room. Why? Because as Jews at that time, they would gather. There was people... There was people of many different the tribes of Israel who were gathered there in the upper room because the Jewish people, and it's actually our number one core value here as a church, and it's this, we celebrate. We celebrate. We celebrate God's goodness. That's what they're doing. Can I give you a quote about God's goodness? Because they were gathering here to celebrate God's goodness in the harvest, in the first fruits. But think about this. If God is so good in giving us the harvest and the provision and everything that we need, are his blessings good in your life? Just imagine how good God is. Here's a quote from A.W. Tozer. The greatness of God, it rises fear. It arouses fear within us, but his goodness encourages us not to be afraid of him, to fear and not be afraid. That is the paradox of faith. You guys see that? The greatness of God what does it do? It produces a level of fear. Do you guys remember the first time as a child when you uh, heard the thunder and you saw the lightning in your house, right? As I see my, my, my boy, my oldest one grow and mature and he's getting a little bit, you know, more tough. But there's nothing like thunder that makes any tough person just get a little afraid. You guys remember that? Some of my biggest memories and it wasn't just because reading Rainbow. Anybody remember that old school? And they try to explain, you know, like, what happens when there's thunder and lightning? It's God is bowling up in heaven, which was like, I don't know if I want to worship that God. Nothing against bowling. But my son, the other day, we've had a lot of different thunderstorms, right? Lightning. And he's come into bed late at night, holds on to me like he's a newborn all over again. And when we look at the greatness of God and look at Pentecost, look at this moment, they heard a sound like a mighty rushing wind. The greatness of God puts what into us? Fear, does it not? Does it not? The God who created your life can also take your life? The, the, the God who created heaven and earth, right? The, have you guys gotten a picture of the, the glory of God before? Like, He's so great that in his grandeur, he spoke one word and galaxies. Like we think people, God bless his soul, you know, Elon Musk of the world. It's like, man, you know, he's so great. Look what he does. God bless you, Elon. Times 10 trillion, billion. I can't even comprehend the greatness of, of God, who not only has thoughts and ideas for creation and humanity, but has the power to actually see it come to pass and to create. 
Not only that, but to give us choice and to give us freedom. But not only that, that he decides to not what? Send every single one of us to hell and to be living under judgment. And what he does instead in his greatness is to what? Is to send his very son to die for us on the cross. Why? Because God is not only great, God is good. That's a point. God is good. Amen? That's why I was jumping up and down. Forget Father's Day. I'm first and foremost a son of the most high God. I am a son and I know my heavenly father. He's so good. Can you say that? So good. I was really quiet. So good. Don't worry, I'm not gonna make you sing Sweet Caroline. But can you imagine though the church at this time was in the upper room. They were there at Pentecost, 50 days, the Feast of Weeks. You can read about it in Numbers, Deuteronomy. It's all over Leviticus. And they're gathering together, all one, celebrating the first fruits, the harvest, the goodness of God. Do you think that they had some fear when they heard suddenly from heaven, verse two, a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting? Do, do you think that put a little fear in them? These hundred so people and then it started to grow to hundreds to more gathering together in probably a room very similar to this, not maybe aesthetically, but as far as you know, the, the amount of seats that are in this room, before we see very soon that it grows. They start in the upper room and then we see the thousands come. You know, we, we, live, in a, we live in a time where when people see creation, they don't often point and reflect and worship the creator, right? We, that's, that's where we live. But for them... They didn't worship the wind or the trees or the ocean or the mountains. What it did is it brought them to get a little bit more of a glimpse of the greatness of God. But his goodness was about to overwhelm them. That's the paradox of faith, right? His goodness is encourages us to not be afraid of him. Do you think this is an important message? Do you think a lot of people can have an image of God and be just totally terrified of him? Do you think that that's a lot of people? I gotta keep going to confession. I gotta keep going to church. I gotta keep doing this because there's this fear that doesn't lead to the paradox that we're talking about, which is what? To ultimately not be afraid of him. It's like the C.S. Lewis, Lewis quote in Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe about Aslan, who's reflecting Jesus. And he said, is Aslan safe? He's not safe, but he's good. Jesus, he's not safe, but he's good. So good. A lot of you still have wounds from your father's because maybe they knew how to spank you or slap you or push you or be rough with you, but not how to consistently hug you. Tell you that they love you. I'm heartbroken over the amount of people in the church, especially young people, who have not heard regularly the words, I love you from another man. In all the greatness of God, his goodness is shown very clearly by his message that I love you. Look at the cross, look at Jesus. So they're there. And this is what happens. Tongues, divided tongues as fire appeared to them and they rested to each one of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Here's the four different ways of tongues that we see in scripture, all right? Holy Spirit gifts of tongues that we read about in this verse in this gathering. 
The first is this. If you're taking notes or if you want to snap a picture or whatever, you can do that. Listen online. Welcome. We love that you guys are here listening, watching. Here it is first. The spiritual gift of tongues was used in an assembly of Christians for mutual encouragement. We read about this in 1 Corinthians 12, chapter 10. The second we see is praying in tongues. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. Uh, and you can actually just go and, and spend time looking through um, chapter 14, 1 to 18. We see perhaps singing in tongues in Colossians 3 and 16. Uh, and we'll get to those three instances of the Holy Spirit gifts of tongues um, as we preach through Acts and through the Bible because we believe in the whole Bible. Anybody with me? All right. Uh, but what we're gonna look at today is number four uh, when it comes to the Holy Spirit gifts of tongues and we're going we're gonna to get to the purpose, why? What is happening? Why? I have heard way too many sermons, and this is not going to be it, of somehow talking about that the church is lacking today because we need a reenactment of exactly what happened then. In Acts, right? The, the purpose is to understand what is happening and why it's happening and what does it mean for us today? The fourth is this, the Pentecost tongue of speaking God's redemption in languages not otherwise known. Does anybody here know another language? Anybody knows Portuguese? I want you to just, um, I want you to say God is so good in Portuguese or whatever else. Say it out loud. I know there's people in this room. Yell it out. Or whatever in Portuguese. Don't make me call on you. Come on. Man behind the camera, yell it out. Even louder. Even louder. All right, anybody else? Language, come on. Mandarin, Spanish. Come on, this is your opportunity. You went to school for those languages. Hola, come on, get it up for him. I love that, come on. My goodness, I love that. God bless you. That's the one Spanish word that I knew that got my wife when she was a freshman was bonita. Beautiful. So you're going to be a great husband, young man, one day. And father. You guys get the picture. In this portion that we're looking at in Acts is the Pentecost. It's a great place to take notes to, to right now. The Pentecost tongue of speaking God's redemption in languages not otherwise known. So what happened when they were together. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Now they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. The purpose of this Jesus wine, the purpose of the Holy Spirit was to what? Get the message of Jesus that it is not too late for restoration and redemption. It is not too late. And God is so good because whose idea was it for multiculturalism? Whose idea was it for different nations and people groups? Can I ask you? You guys can talk back. Whose idea? Can I, can I preach? I'm gonna preach. Why is it so often in America that the world hijacks all these different things when it's the church and ultimately God's idea, right? Jesus, be exalted. It's God's idea for different cultures. It's God's idea for uniqueness. It's God's idea. And guess what? We don't worship different cultures. Our God is, our, is not our language. Our God is not the color of our skin. Our God is not our specific context or tradition. Our God is Jesus and God our Father wants the whole world in their languages, in their context and culture to know about the message of Jesus. Amen? 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 You've been hijacked from news. Say, I'm taking my brain back. Say that. I'm taking my brain back. I'm not going to be hijacked by cable news and by social media anymore. I'm not going to be hijacked by books that are in all sorts of different places with all sorts of different agendas. And I'm talking about right, left, front, center, in between. 
I'm no longer going to be hijacked. I'm going to be filled with the Jesus wine. Oh, I love it. Kids, you just keep talking. It's all good. We're having church today. For me, having church is not a reenactment of Pentecost, but remembering why Pentecost. Why the Holy Spirit? God is a God who wants every single people group, every single tongue, every single culture and community in their own way. Guess what? All of you like different food and that's okay, right? We have a hard time because here's what's connected to different languages and culture. And forgive me for all my ignorance that I'll probably share today. But can I just say, I watch sometimes. I, I was thinking about this at the airport. I was picking up my father-in-law and I saw one car drive by and they were just pumping the music even for me as a white boy that I would love. And it's some old school hip hop. They were, I know, that's, my, that's what I like. You know what some people like? And God bless you. Some people, I had this image of another car driving by. And, and, and it, was a, it was a song that I don't usually sing, but I, I'm, by song, I mean a genre, because you do realize that there's food and there's music and there's clothing and so on that are connected to different people's culture that's ultimately connected to different people's languages that they have within their own tradition and communities, right? I was driving the tractor yesterday because I inherited this from my parents-in-law. They're still alive, but they, they're, they're good father-in-law, mother-in-law. I got a John Deere tractor. Anybody? Come on, yeah, people are all of a sudden like, now you're preaching, we're in West Kingston. I know I grew up across the train tracks in West Kingston. Yankee, anyways, here's the thing. I'm driving that John Deere tractor and it's funny because my grandfather, it's not funny, he was an amazing, he was a farmer and then my dad and I, let's just say this, I have an amazing grand, uh, he grew up uh, World War II vet on the farm. I have a great dad. Um, but let's just say, I, I don't usually know how to move John Deere tractors. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm new, I'm new, I'm new. But I was driving on this tractor and I had both my kids and my father was there and I, you know what I started saying? I said, I'm a third generation farmer. <laughs> and I started singing with my, 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 my Finley Rose, if you know her, or you guys get this image. And if you don't, just imagine with me, she's up behind me on the tractor and I'm singing, I'm on the tractor. And I'm just singing, you're my babe. And she's singing along with me. God love, don't you love kids sometimes? My goodness. I got another image at the airport of another car driving by, blasting country. Can I just say I didn't grow up on country? And I had this image, there was one dude, I won't tell you anything about him, but he was looking at the guy with the hip hop music and he looked at him like he was an alien, <laughs> right? And then you got other people who, who the next car driving by, looking, like th looking at them thinking, what's going on? Here's the challenge. Every single one of us, when it comes to our cultures and our communities, by the way, by the way, as we are here in America, what we need to reclaim and recapture is what? The goodness and the beauty that, guess what? That there is freedom that we can have people of different languages, tongues, and tribes here in this nation. And, and isn't that a beautiful thing? Isn't that a beautiful thing in our cities and in our towns, right? So here's the thing. I was thinking about this. I said, we have every reason, sadly, because of what's propagated, what's often ingrained and taught to us in our childhood and all around, to what? To constantly divide, divide, to divide, divide. Do you know that a lot of this is a restoration of what happened in Babel in Genesis? What happened in Babel was the confusion, right, of all languages, right? Do you, do you guys know that before God sent his son, he got really sick and tired of human race. And he said, you know what? You want to do everything on your own? Here you go. And you know that God is just and righteous and good? Do you know that the rainbow, by the way, the rainbow, every single time you see a rainbow, kids, every single time you see a rainbow, you know what a rainbow is? It's a reminder of God's faithfulness in Jesus Christ to never again send a flood to judge the world in the same way. He's coming again to judge the living and dead, but he came in Jesus. Do you know what that, the, that's what the rainbow's about? Amen? Amen? I love the rainbow. It points to the faithfulness of God. It points to Jesus. But here's the, here's the reality. We live in a world of division everywhere. What happens at Pentecost is this, the reversal of Babel when God said, I'm no longer gonna leave things to yourself. And you know what I'm gonna do? 
I'm gonna allow each and every one of you to what? To be able to communicate and speak in the different languages, why? To proclaim and to tell the world about the message of Jesus. So this is what's happening, right? They're going around and they're telling. What's also happening is that people are what? Other Jews and other religious people are bewildered because they're hearing all these different people speak in their language. You guys, we'll get to the application in a moment. Can I just say, it is our ultimate role empowered by the Holy Spirit to what? To be sensitive to the Spirit, to what? Be a witness to people in our own culture and context. Whatever language you speak, whatever culture that you find yourself in, whatever context or community that you're in, our ultimate aim is to what? To be witnesses of Jesus empowered with the Jesus wine, which is the Holy Spirit. They were amazed and astonished saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? They were filled. And when it says the tongues, what it was is a fire was resting above them. These flames of fire. This is a fulfillment of the prophet Isaiah. It's a reversal, as we always said, of what happened at Babel, where there was confusion and now God's bringing order. God's showing a little bit more picture and what? A foretaste of heaven. I love this quote from Craig Keener. And he says this, he says, the church can spread across cultural barriers because God's spirit equips us to speak for him and to experience a foretaste of heaven. You see that? That's the purpose now. That's the purpose that we can spread across cultural barriers because God's spirit equips us to speak for him and to experience a foretaste of heaven. A foretaste because heaven is every single tribe, every single tongue, every single context. Do you realize that when you have a resurrected body in the new heaven and new earth, guess what? You'll be resurrected in your new body with the same specific skin color, that language that you were given, all of the different culture and context. I believe there's probably gonna be freedom in heaven that guess what? If you wanna have vegetarian, do vegetarian. If you wanna have steak, have steak. However you wanna eat. The reality is, and guys, this is relevant. This is not just some, my wife and I spent a year in Fiji serving the deaf there specifically, but getting to know a whole different culture. And that year, before we started the church, I'm telling you, it was all so that we could be missionaries and witnesses here in Rhode Island. The Holy Spirit, what does it do? We can now, it powers the church so we can spread across cultural barriers. God's Spirit equips us to tell the world about Jesus. All these different languages we're being able to be spoken now. All was proclaiming the same message. Do you see it in verse 11? It says, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. There it is. Why does God give different cultures, different languages? So that you and I can what? Tell everyone about what? The works, the mighty works of God, right? I always loved growing up, I played tennis all the time, taught it for years in this town, but I love at University of Rhode Island, you know, Graduate Village? I would see people by the tennis court of every, of such a variety of the ethnos as the Bible talks about when it comes to nations and the people groups. I would see them, they would come here right down the road because I really did grow up here in Kingston and I would see these different nations and you know what the thought and the image that I had? And, and God really grew it over the years was, was not just that the church would provide financially, which is a blessing, or pray for them to go to the nations, but what about this reality of people who go here to be trained at this university? Imagine people being filled with the Holy Spirit and what? Empowered and baptized by the Spirit of God to what? To go back to their different nation and people group to what? To tell their people and ultimately humanity about the mighty works of God. You see that? Can I tell you, and we, we're starting to have some people here who, who are uh, new to, to America and new, new to this area in South County. Can I tell you whether you are that, whether you are that person who is here temporarily uh, from another country, another nation? Can I tell you some people who are maybe first, first generation immigrant here, 
and, 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 and a citizen of this country? Can I tell you, which is to some level, all of us to a certain degree, can I tell you that whether you're going back to another country or whether you're here in America, can I tell you it's good to understand your heritage? It's good to realize your background and to, to know the different traditions. But can you and I be filled with the Jesus wine to realize that the purpose, whether we're in Rhode Island or we are in Asia, is to what? Is to tell people about the mighty works of God through Jesus Christ. Verse 12, and they were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocked. Do you see this? When God is growing his church and people are being filled with purpose, there is always mocking. Always. I've just learned to say, the more mocking, it means more the mighty move of God. Can I tell you in your life, I've been saying this to people in our church, people are not gonna understand the calling on your life. And guess what? When you stop thinking about your calling, about what job you're gonna do or the place that you're gonna live, but you start to remember that your ultimate calling, which is a variety of things, whether you're a father, whether you're a mother, whether you're a son, whether you're a daughter, whether you're this type of worker, is ultimately that you're a son and you're a daughter under the Father of glory who's been sent by the Holy Spirit wherever you are to be witnesses to the mighty works of God. That's your purpose. That's our purpose. That's our purpose. Few things as you go and as we go about the Holy Spirit-empowered church. First is that they were together. So do you, do you consider yourself spirit-filled, Holy Spirit-empowered? They were always what? Together. All showing up. So you gotta know this. They had given their lives and allegiance to the rabbi Jesus, who then they realized was the Messiah who rose from the grave. They gave their lives to him and they were together. They were all showing up. They needed to be. I mean, some of them were about to be martyred, persecuted. But more than that, they were all together because they what? They had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They had received the power of God. They would received the greatest purpose for why they live. They, they, they had been restored with God. They'd been reconciled with God. And they realized that they're the ones who are going to be a part of carrying this message that it's not too late to the world. So the first thing is that they, they were together. They were all showing up. Don't you think we need that reminder to keep showing up? Again and again and again, they were together showing up. Two, they were praying, always praying. Praying before, praying during, praying after. The Holy Spirit-empowered church was always praying. Can I encourage you? It's the first thing you do. You pray. When you get around other people, especially Christians, can I encourage you? Pray. If you forget to pray, what do you do? Pray. They were always praying. Three, they remembered their why. The Holy Spirit-empowered church was together. They were always praying, and they remembered their why, which was Jesus. See, here's the thing. We live in a, in a, in a, in a, in a time and an era where it is absolutely um, normal. And the reason why even um, the, the people who were not yet worshipers of Jesus said you're filled with the new wine was that because biblical Christians did not have a anti, you can't drink anything view. But in that culture, both Jew and Gentile had a certain view of debauchery. And all of a sudden, these people are speaking in different languages and expressing and worshiping, and they're figuring out what is going on here. The reality is, is that it is very normal. You know, we live in a, a time where one of the biggest um, breweries, uh, whalers in this area in Wakefield that is now national. Do you know that hundreds of years ago in the Peacedale Mills that are here, the, 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 the family, a prominent family, and the father specifically, do you know what he died from? Alcoholism. Hundreds of years later now, what fills that place? 
And I'm not against people and those who drink. What I'm trying to say is this, is that the reality is, is that it is normal, it is normal to be filled up with every single type of spirit and it is normal, right? We see this when things were closed down in the pandemic. Churches, they wanted closed, but what was open? Liquor stores. I'm not condemning, I'm not, I'm not judging. I believe in the new heaven and new earth, we're probably gonna have some wine. Sorry to offend some religious people. But the reality is, is that, guess what? For the church of Jesus Christ, we have to look at this. Why is it not more normal that we are baptized with the spirit and filled with the new wine of God? I'm not just talking about so you can speak on tongues and raise your hands on Sunday. I'm saying that so that in your homes and in your houses and in your backyards, there are people that are there and there are songs being praised. There's food being broke, bread being broken to the glory of God. There is joy. There is goodness and celebration in your home and in your family. There is something about you that feels and looks like heaven and you're not intoxicated with anything else but the spirit of God. Amen? Amen? And I know this is real because what's un sad sometimes is, is, is that I see is sometimes Christians and people who often didn't drink for a while and then they get into it later don't realize that for so many people in this land, when they look back at their fathers and their generations, they see addiction after addiction and it's often pointed to alcoholism. Let me say again, I enjoy a good glass of cab. The point is, for you and I to be filled with the new wine of Jesus. Can I say this? It's not a new worship style. It's not Pentecostalism. The reality is, is that we got friends. We have neighbors. We have community people that are in the university, that are in the, in the places all around us in the neighborhoods who guess what? God is saying, I want you church to be Holy Spirit empowered with the Jesus wine because there are people who need to know that it's not too late for them to be a generational addiction breaker in Jesus name. Has anybody been filled with the new wine of Jesus and you put down your old ways and you've been filled up with the Holy Spirit? Anybody in this place? Come on. I know, because I've heard your stories and I've heard your testimonies. The reality is, is that the people of God were filled with the Holy Spirit, with the Jesus wine, and they remembered their wine I believe that it is such a time as this, from Miami to here, from Asia to here, from New England to throughout this nation beyond, that the church is being empowered again and rising up to remember their why. And it's the message that it's not too late in Jesus' name. And what we see for the Holy Spirit-empowered church, they were witnessing, as we've been saying, to every nation to every context, to every community. Can I say that, my goodness, that if you live in certain parts of South County and you find that there's different cultures and there's different communities there, my goodness, you are called to be a witness there. If you're in a different, if you're in a city in Boston, in Boston or throughout um, New England, you are called to be empowered with the Holy Spirit there. But what we learn in remembering that we are witnesses to Jesus is that we need one another. We need to be together. We need to be showing up. We need to be prayerful more than ever. One of my biggest things of encouragement to people as they're planning or as they're discerning or as they're needing guidance, can I say this? Prayer lead the way in your life. If you don't know if you are empowered with the Jesus wine, decide today, baptize me, God. Fill me, God, with the Jesus wine. You know, I went back and forth with this title and God just landed it on me to just share this very simply. That as you go, as you start your days alone, or as you gather together in community, as you go and you be with your family and friends, make this your prayer. God, fill me with the Jesus wine. Fill me, Holy Spirit, to be your witnesses. I'm thankful for people who witness to me. I'm thankful that we're a part of a church that as increasingly we go to the nations and to the people groups of the world, we remember that the nations and the people groups have come here in Rhode Island and New England, and we can be empowered by the Spirit to be witnesses of Jesus. It's not too late in Jesus' name. This is the message of Pentecost. And just like for them, but even more, they were awaiting and celebrating the harvest, 
I believe still, for the harvest of people to see the goodness of God. I heard this great quote, and we can head out in a moment, and it was this. The story you tell yourself will dictate the life that you live. Whether that's a victim or a victor, with whatever you happen in your family or not, can have the keys come up. The story that you tell yourself will determine the life that you live. Do you believe that? Can I tell you the story that we're choosing to tell and live here? You know what it is? That we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. When I leave here, the story that I tell isn't going to be, I'm going to try to be this father, I'm going to try to be this dad. What about my dad or your dad? I'm going to say, the Father of glory has sent the promised Holy Spirit. I have the privilege and we have the opportunity to do this. In a land and even in a church that is either debated about the Holy Spirit over and over or doesn't know what to do with it, we've just said, in all humility, God, fill us Holy Spirit. The Spirit is not to be argued or to be debated. The Spirit is for us to be filled with. You do need to know this, especially if you're a newer Christian or if you've been following for a long time. There was a time that you were not a follower of Jesus. And somebody witnessed to you, empowered by the Spirit. The story that we say is this. Each and every one of us is a part of seeing the goodness of God in the land of the living through the name of Jesus. We are all a part of this. Would you stand with me? And, and I want you to have that invitation to receive the Holy Spirit. If you have been baptized with the Spirit, then you're gonna pray and ask one of Luke's favorite phrases and sayings is be filled with the Spirit. Why do you think we need to be reminded over and over and over and over and over and over again? Because we forget. Because we forget. says it in Acts, the Father sending the promised Holy Spirit. Does anybody need to be restored with their Heavenly Father? Well, we see that the Holy Spirit is given to seal us so that we know that we're sons and daughters. Does anybody want to be restored with their Heavenly Father? Could you just make that that statement of faith right now by raising your hand we say restore me restore me come on pray this after me and let's everybody do it together say restore me, restore me. heavenly father thank you for Jesus you sent your only son to restore me to my heavenly father Fill me, Holy Spirit. I renounce Satan. I am your witness. 